I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agave Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This is Matchmaker Maria and Happy New Year. I am so excited for this year. This is going to be a good year. I've decided that this is going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year for you too. If you are single, this is going to be the year that you do things differently. I could feel it. I know it. I just know it. I know with every cell in my being and I know things when you do something different, you're going to have a different outcome. And that is so exciting. And what better guest to have this week? The CMO of Tinder, the chief marketing officer of Tinder, Melissa Hobley, is our guest this week. Melissa, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Hey, Maria. It is awesome to be here. It is awesome to see you again. Since I last spoke with you, you are helping people over the world find love. So uh, kudos on like the incredible year you've had. I know. Yeah. The last year was like my best year yet. Totally. I'm like really excited. So I think this year's going to be a good year too. Uh, I feel like it will be. And uh, so wait, let's talk about your year because last year, like in 2022, as you know, Melissa, dating professional, there is a dating WhatsApp, dating pros WhatsApp group that we belong to. <laughs> and I get, we get like all the notifications first before they go into like newspapers or whatever. And it's announced on the app that like Melissa Hobley, CMO of OkCupid has now become CMO of Tinder. And I immediately just like go on my, I go on my Instagram stories and I go, Tinder has Melissa Hobley. That shit's becoming a relationship app. You heard it here first. And you responded that story with a little shh emoji. <laughs> and I knew, I knew something was up. And then suddenly I got, I got like so many messages from people who met people on Tinder. And I had no idea that like straights use Tinder for dating. Like I always knew gays. Yeah. That's like a relationship app for that community. But for straights, I always thought of it as a hookup app and I'm, I've been schooled. So immediately I'm, I was like, I'm, you have to come on back to the podcast. We have to talk about Tinder strategy, what's happening. And I'm just so happy you're here. Uh, well, thank you so much. And also I, I just want to say, I, I'm a fan of yours. I love the way that you talk about dating. I love the truth that you give to people. I love that you're like, stop pen palling. What are you doing? Yeah. And I think that a lot of what you talk about, Maria, is 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 reminding often women what they're worth and that they're worth more than that. And that that guy's behavior is is boring or lame or worse. So I just first want to say that. Um, and second, thank you for um, correcting the record. Yes, Tinder uh, is for more than hookups. Uh, and and you know, I I also believe though that I grew up in an era where slut shaming was a real thing. It was like the worst thing you'd be called and it was really effed up. And so it's great that now you see in pop culture and in mainstream and you hear from women that yes, I want to get laid and that is all I want. And so 
we will never not power. If you are looking for tonight or you're looking for a make out in the rain or you're looking for a coffee date, or maybe you're on a trip and you want to see Paris with people that you meet on Tinder, which by the way is like a very popular use case for Tinder. Uh, Cause we let you set your location before you go. We have to pay you to pay for that, but uh, everything else is free. Um, but also there are, there's so much love on Tinder. And I personally have been to like seven or eight Tinder weddings and we think we're responsible for tens of thousands of children around the world. So um, Tinder is known for the hookup stuff, and that's great. But also probably everyone you know in the U.S. and major cities in the world knows at least one person that is in a serious, committed relationship from Tinder. And what's really awesome to me about being at uh, at the biggest dating app in the world is uh, it does really work. It does help you find your person uh, if that's for tonight, um, but but increasingly for all the nights forever. And uh, and so we'll be talking about that a lot more um, this year and beyond. I love it. You can have a hoe phase on Tinder and then you can also look for a boyfriend, girlfriend on Tinder. There's like a wide I range. I love that you talk about the hoe phase. And I, when I see that on your Instagram, I, it always makes me chuckle, but yes, you can have a hoe phase and you can have a serious phase and you don't have to go through the pain of creating a whole new bio and a whole new thing for it. So it's January 3rd, first Tuesday of the year. And I feel like Tinder announced something this week. And what was that? We did. We announced relationship intent. So you can now signal on your Tinder profile what you're looking for. And this is, this a, is big a very deal. big deal for Tinder. Oh my God, we it said is. at the same it's, time. It is. A, it's like, that's like insane. Like my eyes popped. Like I was just like, what? Like I, It just goes back to, oh yeah. Like I get it. They're like, they're Gen Z, which is what you're, aren't you guys mostly a predominantly Gen Z app? We are, yeah, yeah. Our biggest audience is people in their twenties and thirties. Right. Um, we yeah. have all ages, but yeah. yeah. This yeah. is this is this is what I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah, okay. There, the, my my hypothesis is starting to become true because I just want people to know for a second. Okay, Melissa Hobley used to be the chief marketing officer at OKCupid, and if you don't know what that means, please Google Melissa Hobley CMO OKCupid and see the campaigns that she ran in 2021. Like, it's a big deal. Right, because OKCupid they rolled out this inclusivity campaign that wasn't just limited to like the alphabets. It was like to the intention to you know how do you feel in a woman's right to choose, like uh, politics, like all that, all like it was crazy to see the filter rollout in your marketing campaigns. And that's all, Melissa. Well, thank you and your so team. Much when I say Melissa, I that. say your team. Yes. So I... to conclude that, I just want to say that Melissa Hobley is very expensive. Tinder made an expensive investment here, bringing over to Tinder. So, uh, yeah, the moment, I swear to God, the moment. I mean, you I know love that. I'm putting that on my business card. I'm expensive. Yeah, I'm you are. Because um, I literally, I mean, I remember screenshotting it and putting it in my stories. Uh-huh. And I was like, something's about to go down. This is going to be exciting. I don't get excited about most dating apps anymore. But I thought I was like, oh, okay. Tinder is doing something here. Uh, well, thank you so much for that. And, and it is, it is, uh, it's cool because I feel like I was in some ways prepping for this job for the last five years. OkCupid is one of the OG apps and I am so proud of what we did there. We were the first and only app to create a pro-choice filter. We had a climate change filter. We, we really, OkCupid became match and what matters. And we saw that no one else was doing that and the, the ability 
to make it hot to talk about the issues that you give a shit about. And right. because by the way, that's also, that is an ingredient to a successful, happy relationship is knowing those things. And so bringing some of that substance and that edge and that, um, that heat to Tinder is, is really exciting when, when Tinder is, is the biggest app in the world. It's number one in 160 countries. That's there are crazy. more people at the Tinder bar than anyone else. It's, it's really powerful. And by the way, you know, it's also a really um, incredible responsibility because uh, what I hear every week, I hear something about the LGBTQ community and that I had someone say, this was the, Tinder was the first app where I could come out. I came right. out on Tinder before I came out anywhere else. It was the first place, you know, I was in Indiana and I, I wasn't in Brooklyn where I could go to a gay bar. I could find my tribe and find my community. And I could, I felt a sense of belonging for the first time on that app. And so I, I think um, you should expect us to keep leaning into that and to make sure we're doing right by, by every, literally every single person that's out there. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I'm really excited. And, and we're going to talk about you can't, love. Like, but on Tinder, you can't, you can't filter on height, right? And, and religion, right? Like those Correct. are the two things you can't filter on. Correct. You can't filter on a lot. We almost, it's not that we discourage filtering, but we want you to think about possibilities. Um, oh, I and like that. Uh, oh my God, that's such a good quote. That uh, is like a really good, we don't want you to focus on filtering. We've got to write these things down. We're, we're not, we don't want you to focus on filtering. We want you to focus on possibilities. Oh, that is so good, Melissa. That, that should be on a billboard. Well, you just actually rewrote it in a tighter way than I said it. So uh, I'll pay you for the billboard yeah. when it goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, after this, goes. guys, uh, Maria's being out on the Tinder payroll. Um, <laughs> so so let's use, you know, you mentioned before the Tinder bar. So let's talk about, because that's how you and I, in a private conversation, we've talked about it. Like Tinder is a virtual bar, right? Since you don't have the yeah. filter for height, since you don't have the filter for religion, which are two pretty big filters, suddenly it's like yeah. you're at the bar and it's like, okay, well, height here doesn't matter. Like it matters as much as it matters. But like, you know, if I don't know your religion and I'm at the bar, am I not going to have a drink with you? Like, does it matter at that moment? Well, yeah, somewhere along the line, I think folks wanted to have, well, blue eyes, but light blue, not dark blue. Sure. Um, brown hair, but like it looks like he's been in the sun, but he hasn't colored his hair. Like somewhere along this the line. This is like McDating, like made to order. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like ordering your wild, crazy coffee order at Starbucks or wherever you get your coffee. And, uh, and the reality is, and you talk about this and what you do is that we don't always know what is actually a great fit for us. And on Tinder, so many of our users are looking for something serious and and what you are exposed to and what you like who we will make you bump into at the at the bar right could be something really really magical and and wonderful and they're just as scared to be putting themselves out there as you are and uh and so that's that's an awesome thing. And, and, you know, it's, I've been, so the team at Tinder is so they really, really care and they really want to, um, they really want to help you find what you're looking for. And so the discussions and like, you know, we'll fight it out. We'll be like, this is more important. Like this is more important. Well, but what are, what are you seeing that's really important among your users? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, we added a pro-choice sticker this year, and that is very popular, not just with female daters, but with with our our uh, our male daters too. And it signals that you support uh, that you support reproductive access and. That is interesting, and it becomes even more important in states where uh, legislation has changed pretty dramatically. So right. uh, that's been something that's become really interesting. Are you hearing that from your from the people that you're talking to? That, um, that issue is important. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I will actually tell you, like I've been in this industry in the dating industry for 14 years, and I've seen the ebb and flow of deal breakers. So to us, when you say what's important. And in matchmaking world is what we consider a deal breaker. Like they have to have this or I'm not interested. And, you know, I, just to preface this, like my team speaks anywhere between to 20 to 30 people a week, like one-on-one conversations. So we're able to collect a lot of like on the ground data. Cause I know that you and your team and every other online dating company, that's an app. You mostly stare at Excel sheets, right? <laughs> well, there are lots of teams of people that do stare at Excel sheets, but I actually agree with you that the human feedback is critical. Right. And so we've been able to see like the human feedback ebb and flow. Like, I've been able to see like, okay, so back in 2008, then it was, um, the deal breaker was smoking. That was the number one deal breaker. Ah, smoking was the number one thing. Okay. Right. I don't want to date a smoker. Then yeah, okay. when marijuana became semi-legal, let's say not what it is now, but you know what, it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly uh, daily use of marijuana became, I would still say the number one deal breaker, but it was like pretty high up there. It was like, that was something that we weren't seeing before. Um, which by the way, I have clients who do marijuana every single day. So they would tell us like, I needed my deal breaker as a person who's not okay with that. Mm. So that's it was like, oh, that's good to know. Like, you know, I need to know these things ahead of time. Then in 2015, um, a certain someone announced, you know, his run for office and that became the number one deal breaker for years. That became the number one deal breaker from 2015 to 2021. And do you know, wow. and, that, and, and smoking was number two. And do you know what, um, what, what bounced it to number two in 2021? What was it? Vaccine rollout. So the moment the vaccines rolled out, oh, wow. that became then number one deal breaker. Uh, so like if you were not planning on getting vaccinated, now that was what my office was attracting, right? Um, I remember meeting a gentleman who wanted to hire us and he told us that he was not vaccinated. And I told him like, look, a lot of them in my meeting, like this is a major deal breaker for them. And he's like, well, I don't want to meet a single woman who has been vaccinated. And I was like, I just, there's just no way we could do this. Like, I don't, we're in New York. That's like a little the, bit wild. Yeah. In New what York City, uh, nothing. He just didn't hire us. And that was fine. Like, I, you know, the first match has to be with your matchmaker. Then the vaccine deal breaker, it just like vanished in March of 2022. So it was like a number one deal breaker for a year. And then in March 2022, right after the first Omicron, bu- bu- you know, burst, it was like, okay, <laughs> herd immunity, you know, less masks, you know, whatever, whatever was happening. And then the next, so then it went back to like that politician um, being the number one deal breaker if you supported him. By the way, I have clients who are Republican. And I remember even for them, after the January 6th insurrection, suddenly they were like, 
she can be Republican, but she can't support him. So it's suddenly like certainly a distinction started. Oh, that's happen. interesting. So that shifted the. Oh yeah, like January. Like it was like interesting because oh, we interview so many people throughout the week, and we're not telling them. We're, the question is, what are your deal breakers? It's a very open ended question, and then it's a conversation between us, and they're telling us. So we're writing down the same things, and you know, on my team, we meet every Tuesday and Thursday, and we go over the notes, and we start like we started comparing notes. We're like, whoa, like a lot of people are saying the same thing. Then the next. And this is currently the number one deal breaker. In was it June when the leak happened with Roe versus Wade being overturned? I uh, I think the leak was earlier. That might have been the first. Was it the first week of May? The actual judgment being. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, not I, before before the flip, but like when the leak yeah. happened. Yeah. The next day, the number one deal breaker was if he's wow. not pro-choice, I'm not interested. And also like. Wow. And it was crazy because like the men, we had to start having conversations with them because now I know I'm talking very heteronormatively, but this is what is concerning, right? So like suddenly now I'm talking to men and I would ask them, I would, you know, we talk, start talking about politics. I would say, just so you know, a lot of women, including women who vote Republican, this is their number one deal breaker. And you would get men who are like, totally get it. I understand. Let's move on. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I'm there with you. Pro-choice all the way. And then I would meet men who are like, who would say either I don't care, which that's a statement in itself to say I could go either way. That's not enough for that a is women, a statement and know? it's a turnoff for it's so a, it's a massive turnoff. Like I've had yeah. women say to me, like, I don't want to date yeah. him again because of this. And it's like, okay, you know, like, let's go back. Let's talk about it a little more. Like, and then I try to explain, like, I use the Socratic method at work because I'm not trying to tell people like how to vote, but I try to understand, like, tell me where you're coming from. And right. anytime I would talk to someone who was not pro-choice, everything that they would say to me, none of it, I felt, now this is my own personal opinion, it wasn't based on like the real reality. So for instance, they would say stuff like, well, I'm okay with it, but it should be up to the states. And I go, okay, so tell me why. And I would ask this question. So tell me why a woman in New York City should have more rights over her body than a woman in Louisiana. No answer. Then I would get the next the next argument. They would say stuff like, well, I'm okay with if she gets abortion, but she can't, it shouldn't be used as birth control. And it's like, do you know anyone using abortion as birth control? Like, are we equating, you know, the rules out of the exceptions? Or they would say like, well, I'm okay with her having the right to choose, but like, you know, she shouldn't be able to get abortion at 30 weeks. And it's like, okay, if someone is trying to get abortion at 30 weeks, I'm telling you as a person who's carried kids, where you can feel them moving in your stomach. That's not a choice. That is something that has happened to you. Well, and it's so, it's so, so much more rare than the way that it's crazy. Rare. One side puts this stuff out there is like that. Yeah. That you can just go in nine months pregnant and have, and have, um, and have an abortion, which is, that's not, that's not accurate. That's just not accurate. And then lately I've been watching this. Um, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but if you're on TikTok, there's this amazing oh, yes. account called Roe versus bros. Wait, am I following Roe versus? Bro? Oh my God, it's hilarious. But she she interviews right she interviews men and she asks them innocuous questions about the women reproductive system, like how many fallopian tubes does a woman have? Or like where is the where is the cervix located? In like, for instance, is it, you know, below the uterus or is it in her fallopian? Is it in her ovary? And they'll be like, in oh, the one question was like, where I have seen this. Yeah. Where How does do a baby use- grow? And it's like in the uterus or in the ovary? And they're like the ovary. And I'm like, wow, you know, um, 
I feel like Roe versus Bro needs to get her ass to Congress and ask every single legislator in that building those questions. And if you cannot get a 10 out of 10 on basic reproductive biology, you should not be allowed to have a vote when it comes to healthcare. Now, that's my personal opinion. But to go back to like deal breakers, that has become the number one deal breaker. But you're telling me that Tinder has like Gen Z has a very different, you know, way. I you're okay. Let me take a step back. Tinder is so popular. Like, I don't know if Americans realize how popular it is, but you, like you said, yeah. you're number one in over a hundred countries. Like that's insane. And when we talk about the things over, that over 160, Maria, excuse me, over 160 countries. Okay. There are Americans listening to who didn't even realize there were 160 countries in this globe. Okay. <laughs> um, so that, so with that said, right. I just talked about things that only matter to Americans, like in Europe, no one is talking about abortion because abortion is legal. Yes. So what are yeah. the number one, like no one is talking about like guns. Yeah. Guns are not allowed you know, in most no, countries and they don't no, have the, right. the mass deaths that we have. And in a lot of countries, prostitution is legal. like, there's like all these, yeah. such a very different culture, just European. It culture. is, it is, which by the way, is also a really fun part of my job. Like we have, we have a huge business in India and in Paris and in Korea and Japan and understanding culturally how people date and get together is like really, really, really fun part of the job. But so I'll tell you one thing that cuts across every single uh, mayor geography as a top three deal breaker and it's climate change. Um, uh, and it's really interesting. That's crazy uh, European twenties and thirties climate change discussions about climate change and sustainability are really woven into the fabric of daily life. And so everyone fucking rides bikes because why wouldn't you? It's so much better for the environment. Uh, um, they're all much more engaged on the topic, but so they want to, they want to see that on profiles. They want to know how engaged are you? Are you buying crates of plastic water bottles or are you like in this? I have a question for you. Do you think that the European standpoint of climate change, it does it come from their collectivist attitude, like sociologically speaking versus like America's individualistic attitude, or is it because they have a history of recent climate crisis, like, uh, situations. Like, for instance, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2003, there was, like, this massive heat wave in Europe, and 70,000 French people died in, like, a week. I forgot how significant, how how horrific that was. I, I've forgotten how many. I remember that. I didn't remember how many people died. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that you're right about the collectivist attitude. I think that in the U.S. we have, you know, deadly storm after deadly storm, nothing at that magnitude. But um, but it is a more individual, uh, individualistic society. And, and, and Europe is not for a variety of of. It's because uh, of you Eurovision. Know, Eurovision keeps everyone together. That's what it is. Eurovision. You have single-handedly mar- you should also be in Eurovision Tarot because you are the uh I'm a Eurovision influencer in America. That's what marketing. I am. Marketing. You are yeah, you are you are an influencer for Put Eurovision. me on Eurovision Tarot. Is that what you just said? I did. Yes. You should be on Eurovision Song Contest uh hosted by the European Broadcasting Union. Please add me to your payroll. I would love, I, you know what, you know, what's crazy. Uh, there is this great singer Evagelia who actually is from my church. She is like from my community. 
her, me and her, I mean, we follow each other on Instagram, but me and her mom follow each other on Instagram. Like this is a person that I've spent like Holy Saturday with, which is a very big deal in my culture. Okay. Holy oh, Saturday okay. is like, Noted. it's a day before Easter. It's like, that's the holiest day of the year. Okay. She might be Greece's Eurovision entry next year, like in 2023. Oh, and I'm just wait, like, and you know her, you I, have to be there. I don't, no, forget I have to be there. I don't want to be there. I, what I, I don't want to go to Manchester, but I've been there before. It's fine. But, um, what I want to do is host the biggest Eurovision party at my church. Oh gosh, you should do this. Like, so yeah. I gotta, I, so I'm waiting in the next few months to find out like if she got selected and I'm just going to give a shout out right now. Evagelia, if you are listening to this, cause sometimes she does. Evagelia, if you are listening to this, I will host your biggest Eurovision party ever. And people from New York are going to take the freaking train down to New Brunswick. You're going to take an Uber to St. George Piscataway. That's my community. That's where Evagelia is from. And we're going to party. I love that you're throwing uh, like a club banger situation at a church. I just love that. Oh, yeah. My church is awesome. It has like a hall. Do we have like smoke machines? Yeah, we have a DJ, DJ Tommy. Shout out to DJ Tommy. A little Burning Man, a little Vegas, a little like. Yeah, we'll be be dancing. We'll have, you know, just can't happen during our festival. St. George Festival tends to be the same day as Eurovision. Just can't happen that week. You know what? Let me look it up right now. This is important Listen, to me. You're going to have to bump the St. George Festival. This is That important. is what's going to happen. I swear to God, our church. Let me St. see. St. George will approve. Uh, it is and- on May 13th is the final. Hold on. So listen, not only does she have to get selected, she has to get to the final. And I believe in her. So hold on. When is this year's? Uh, let me see. I think May we're 13th. cheering her on. That is the Saturday before St. George Festival. I'm telling you. Like, uh, you know, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Shout out to St. I think it's very exciting. Best, I think you're a community in all of New Jersey. Pay for that content, though. Yes. Or the country of Greece. Yes. EBU, or- put me on your, um, and the country of Greece. Country of Greece. Country of Greece is never going to pay me. Uh, EBU, put me on your payroll. <laughs> I am, I am your American <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> anyway, back to dating. You need to have a, you know what? That is a good, because I know that your vision is very popular among the gays in Europe. That is also a good tag to put in on oh, Tinder. Oh, Eurovision tag. Yeah, actually, you're totally right about that because uh, Eurovision is, it's popular in Europe. You are making it more popular in the States. It is popular with uh, the LGBTQ community. Um, the gays love Eurovision. Uh, you're right. We should like figure out that play. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You know what? I didn't if, hold on. If we host until... this, hold on a second. We're going to talk after this, okay? Let's just say, Evagelia, she does represent Greece. Maybe Tinder sponsors this Eurovision party. Just don't, don't mean, say no yet. Think about it. Go back to the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, you can do it, okay? we can. Listen, even if she doesn't I get selected, think... we can still host a Eurovision party in New York with Tinder. Listen, I think when you tell me um, about an unexpected venue and I say a Greek Orthodox church in New Brunswick, (laughs) I think like... (laughs) Okay, so Europeans like climate change. Let's go back to that. Uh, Europeans are all about the climate change. Uh, I'm assuming Asians are too. Have you seen... uh, Do you listen to 99% Invisible? Because they have this amazing episode about how Taiwan recycles and, and disposes of their garbage. Wait, I how how do they? I don't know how it they is insane. Of- they have it's, it's like a collectivist society format. So like every it's like a it sounds like an ice cream truck. Like they play, 
do they play Vivaldi or Mozart? They play like classical music and it's just going down the road and everyone has to and come out. the truck out. goes into the neighborhood and then you bring out your recycling? In the afternoon, not at like 5 a.m. like it is in America, like at 2 p.m. or whatever, 6 p.m., everyone comes out, you put your garbage in the truck and it has to be like, you know, it has to be a plastic bag that's given by the government. So it's see-through. Um, you have to have your cardboard with your cardboard, your bottles with your bottles, your cans with your, it's very like, and then as a result, because it's, you know, it costs money, right? You have to buy this municipal bags for your garbage. The, um, the population of Taiwan has expectations from its own consumer, uh, not consumers, con- uh, companies, commercial companies to make products that don't have so much garbage. Like I look wow. at, I look at like my bathroom, right? My bathroom is just full of glass and plastic, yeah. all of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, I chuck this, recycle it, quote unquote. I don't know if recycling is actually happening. Um, and you know what I mean? Like I put it into recycling. I don't know what happens after that. For all I yeah. know, it's going to the same facility. Um, yeah. And then after that, it's like, okay, I got to go buy more glass and buy more plastic. Or like I just bought, you know, with my kids' Christmas gifts. The, the toy is small. The box is massive. Yes. Wait, and so that's really interesting because it applies, it solves something that we don't have here, which is there's no real meaningful pressure on these no, companies none. producing all this stuff to do a better job on on their packaging. Well, think that's about so how like you would not buy something if it had, like it's not just Taiwan. There's another country that does the same thing. I think it's Korea where like you, if you have to walk half a mile to dispose of your garbage at a recycling facility. I think that's in Korea where they do it like this. You're not go if you're at the store and you have to buy something, you're not mm. going to buy something that has massive packaging that you can't break down. So as a consumer, yeah, the collective advocacy goes into this. And I think that is one way that like when we talk about climate change, like, you know, you're talking about climate change in Europe, but I think that, this is an effort that you have to actively do in other countries. Yeah. And in America, we are really, we put convenience so high priority. Yeah, we do. We do. That the rest is fuck all. Like, like here people think it's, uh, they did something because they checked off on seamless that they don't want plastic spoons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it really is. um, It's staggering. And, and you're seeing that in, we're seeing that on Tinder with 20 somethings that they don't, they don't want to match with you. Even they don't even want to consider you as a possible person to talk to and go out with. If you're not engaged in that issue, it's happening every day. It's happening more in the U S it's in extremely high in London and Paris and Berlin. And so how do um, people put that in their profile? Like, is it something that they're selecting? Like, is it a badge or is it, um, are they writing it out in their prompts? They're writing it out in their profile. And uh, we're working on ways to power that and lean into it because I also love the opportunity to make it how do you make it hotter to talk about this? How do you make it hotter to be into sustainability? How do you make it hotter that you're trying to not have uh, so much plastic in your house and be conscientious about it? And uh, um, so we're working on ways to make that even easier in the product. But today you'll, I saw it in a bio right before I, I hopped on to chat with you. Um, he was so cute. He was straight. He was 39 and he phrased it in a nice way. Like, uh, 
I'm really passionate about sustainability. And if that's not something you care about, you may not want to swipe right. Oh my God. If you want to, if you're not that into it, but you're really open and you want to do more, then swipe right. And that's like something fun we could talk about over coffee, you know? And like, it was something like that. It was, it was, um, and I just thought, wow, that is hot. Um, and it also, listen, you probably give this advice to ladies. But what I tell people is, what does that tell you about him? What does that tell you about him? When you see that someone is talking about these issues, it tells you or how you should look at that is, okay, they care about something bigger than themselves. Tick. Sure. Right? This is what you and I hear from women all day, every day, especially women um, who are looking for something serious. You know what I hear all day? And this is a button that I think Tinder needs. I hear- Oh, what's that? They want therapy. They want men who go to therapy. That's like the number one ask now. Like starting in 2022, that became like, he needs to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we're hearing that and seeing it in profiles. Also, I had someone on my team. She lives in New York City. She's so interesting and cool. And she goes, oh, I won't date any, I won't date guys um, that haven't um, been in therapy. I thought, oh. so yeah, we're looking at that so too. Potential, and that. potential uh, other partnership for Tinder, uh, better yeah. help partnership, but that uh, I think you so. put a better help logo. <laughs> Truly, uh-huh. by the way, at Tinder, we BetterHelp is um, a benefit. We pay for BetterHelp for like four sessions a month on what? BetterHelp. Yeah, as a, as a benefit at Tinder. So Tinder cares really deeply about about mental health and um, how do you support. That's awesome. Our, isn't that really cool? Yeah. Shout out to BetterHelp. BetterHelp, I would love your ad dollars if you want to sponsor the next episode. You should be on BetterHelp payroll. I just means, assume that you are. Get me on the BetterHelp uh, BetterHelp. Uh, payroll here too. We've got a lot of payrolls to be on. We got Tinder. We got Eurovision. We got BetterHelp. Let's Eurovision. go. 2023 is going to be Maria's good- uh, multi, multi-income stream year. This is what it is. Um, okay. Wait, wait. So- can you imagine if like BetterHelp also co-sponsored the party and there was like a section where it's like, hey, do you feel a little bit shy or introverted coming to the party? Come hang out in the BetterHelp area. Uh, you know <laughs> what? You like- this might be like the best party ever. <laughs> I used to have singles parties or like Maria's parties because I hated the term singles parties at forty the 4040 club, like Jay-Z and Beyonce's club. Hey, like, you did? That's awesome. Not only did I do that, they would spot like they would so i remember the first we did, i had five parties there each time they'd say we want you to host your next party here we will do a free open bar for two hours and i'm like what, what? okay and every february i would have maria's having a party here my last party was uh i had a debate watch party there they gave us jay-z's private room open bar for an hour oh, yeah are you friends with jay what is that is amazing. i'm friends with the not friends like I at the time it has been many years but maybe we have got to do it at the 40 40 40 club like hey shout out to 40 40 club let's host a Eurovision party in 2023 mm. um and we'll have a great time okay so and we've got sponsors we've got Tinder George's, but I don't know if St. George's like is going to give me a free open bar we gotta and- see you know what though you know what though if we do it at St. George I could probably get every single Greek diner to donate alcohol I mean, I I also can we also get food from Greek diners because that yes. is the best. I'm telling you, the I best. think we can make this happen. Like if we don't, if Evagelia is not in it, we host it in New York. But if she's in it, we're hosting it at St. George and we'll just have to figure it out. Shout out to my priest, Father Nick Darius. He's the best. Uh, I hope you never listen to this podcast because I talk about a lot of things that you're not going to be happy with. But that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. All right. So anyway, um, to go back to this now. So, um, So, you know, look, it's January 3rd. What are the three things, look, I know that at this point, 
30 minutes into this podcast, someone has downloaded Tinder. So what are the three things that they should be doing on their Tinder profile to be successful? Yes. And by the way, the first step is download. Even if it's not Tinder, download. You've got to do it in January because two important things about January when it comes to dating. Number one, uh, you have a lot of new people and new people that um, are, are really wanting to find something serious. And the second is they are... probably the most motivated they are. So they're, they're way more likely to say hi. They're way more likely to say, oh my God, you also really want to go to the Galapagos Islands. I just went like, let's go, let's go for drinks. I'll tell you all about it. It was amazing. So, um, so download, um, don't overthink it. Don't, don't, I hear and, and women, we are so hard on ourselves. And I hear so many people say, oh, I can't, I can't do it yet. Or I don't have photos yet. I want to be 10 pounds thinner. I want to have my new apartment. I da, 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 da. You're fine. Just, just get that on there. Just go. Just go. Um, you're awesome as you are. Go. Uh, and, um, and start, start swiping, start talking to people. And, and if you're not sure, swipe right. Like give guys the benefit of the doubt. And when it comes to your profile, here's the the last Possibilities. That's right. Remember it's the possibilities. Possibilities. It's possibilities. Tinder is possibilities. It it really is. And, and um, when it comes to your profile, if you are straight, remember like guys need help. And so if you're not sure what to write and don't be so vague and don't like say, I'm just looking for a partner in crime. Don't saying nothing is really, really hard for a guy. By the way, those really nice guys are often shy. They don't know how to react yeah. to you. They don't know how to lean in. They don't know People how to talk suck. to you. So- People suck at writing online dating. So you know what? I will, I will say, I want to say two things on this because it's actually really important that you're touching on. So one of the things that I really love about Tinder and about Match.com's app is that you don't have prompts. You just have the bio section. That's it. That's what you're writing. So yes. it gives you like all of these characters to actually write out something without being contrived. And yes. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like bullet point lists can do really well here and not what you don't want, but yes. like instead talking about like who you are. Like if you tell someone what you're like on a weekend, I feel like that's a recipe for success. Right. And, and to give an example for this, and I'm sure Melissa, you're the professional here too. You certainly have examples, but like the things that I think about is like, here's what I do on a typical weekend. I catch up on my murder mystery podcast. I take my dog to the dog park. I, uh, I send funny memes to my sibling group chat. Uh, which by the way, sibling group chat, if you have a sibling group chat and you get along with your siblings, you have to put it in your profile because there's so many people who are looking for someone either who has a happy family or comes from a big family. I love that so much. And my siblings are so important to me that I I love that you suggested that. Also, right now people are starting sibling group chats. Yeah. If you don't uh, have a sibling group chat and you have like sane siblings, some, some of us have shitty siblings, not me, but uh, other people, um, it can be really but Yes. I totally like, agree. Lists are the way to go. And, 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 and also, not a negative list, not a negative, not a list. negative like, list. Talk not about like, you. Don't reach out if you are da da da. Yeah. Don't do but that. I like to also say, put something in a little controversial, like uh, the office is overrated something shut or your mouth, Melissa. Because I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I'm just saying. But you know what? Uh, that is that is something that would make me respond like, how dare you? Right? Like All right. Like, um, or do you have anything that, do you have anything, Melissa, that you think is overrated, like for real? Or underrated? 
you know, I used to be the biggest reality TV person. I didn't miss a single Real Housewives franchise. And now I don't feel good anymore when I watch it. And so controversial. And I, I like, I love Annie Cohen. I love Bravo, but I, 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 I've kind of stopped. I'm stopped. I'm not watching as much because it doesn't make me feel good. So I would call, I would say a lot of reality is overrated now. It's controversial. I never thought I'd say that. Uh, what's overrated to you? I'm going to say what's underrated. What's underrated? That's a good one. Uh, horchata, which is a beverage that tastes like if someone made rice pudding into a smoothie with cinnamon. Um, I, I love horchata. It's Can delicious. I add rum to it? You could add rum, I suppose. I think you could. And uh, what I love about horchata, like one of the things that I don't, and if someone asked me about it, I would say like AMC needs to get rid of Nicole Kidman off of their payroll and add me into their payroll as well. Because I'm telling you, if you added horchata on the menu with popcorn, people would come to the movie theaters in droves. I don't know what they're trying to do here, but like stop with the Pepsi add with the horchata, you know, find some, someone's El Salvadorian auntie, bring her in to make the best horchata ever. Cause I do feel like that's the best, the best. That's and, amazing. Uh, but by the way, alcohol at movie theaters is very underrated and why they can charge $87. Does your movie theater have alcohol? No, it doesn't have alcohol. Does your My movie, movie theater, theater have has alcohol? alcohol? Yeah, right. it has so, beer and hang like on, liquor. Hang on. What we have learned in today's podcast is that New Brunswick has churches that will let you throw Eurovision rave parties. Uh, <laughs> New Brunswick has the all the movie theaters have bars and lazy boy recliners. So yes, uh, that's Bridgewater Mall and Menlo Park Mall. The malls of Middlesex County and Somerset County—they're just rocking. Like they know what they're doing. Right. Apparently, sounds yeah. amazing. Central Jersey is real, folks. This is what it is. This is this, when people say it's not real. I'm like, no, it is real because uh, Central Jersey has, you know, movie theaters with alcohol and Eurovision fans. <laughs> well, Jersey also has like cannabis stores now too. It's I know. I heard. Fun. I have yet to visit one, and I, you I, I know. I was thinking about like, I was thinking about. It. I was like, maybe, maybe this is the year that that George and I visit one. Th- this could be our year. You have to have party favors for this Eurovision party. Yes. So I, I can't wait. To, I cannot and wait to deal marijuana cannabis. at my church. Uh, that's going to be great. We'll put it next to the the, the communion, uh, the communion oh wine. Oh my God. Uh, St. George's is, is someone do a documentary on this. Um, uh, wait, and how are you feeling about people? What's the temperature that you're seeing about, uh, with people looking for love and wanting to find a relationship in 2023, are they feeling optimistic? Are they feeling, I hope they do. Um, My hope is that they yeah. always feel optimistic and that's what I want. Yeah. But like, I feel like one of the biggest changes that I saw in 2022 um, was that I think more women came to realize that they would rather be happy than be with someone who's not, who doesn't have the emotional equity needed to be in a relationship. I, I love that. I love that. What's driving that? Um, well, women during the pandemic, this is my hypothesis. They put in the work, they followed influencers like me, or they read a, they finally caught up on their dating books, like attached or, you know, um, with how to not die alone or whatever. And then, uh, and they're like, well, how come the men haven't caught up on this? And then that's when I think that's when that need of like, okay, yeah, you don't have to be a hundred percent happy, but I need you to go to therapy. Otherwise this isn't going to work for me. And I think that's, I think that's what's driving a lot of women to say this. That's so powerful. Yeah. 
Um, so I can't wait for uh, all of my new um, income streams to pay me lots of money to come up with new ideas like this. So, you know, I, I wait, so I wait, the, you know, you talk to your people and uh, come talk to my people and we'll figure it out and we'll make Tinder the number one relationship app. I or Hofi's app. It is. We know, need we need, both. This is yeah, like, both. Uh, listen, we power all the it's possibility. Got the range. Uh, it's got the range. You should add a. You should add a a thing that's like I follow Matchmaker Maria because that is something that people write in their profiles. By the way, I have so many screenshots of people are who they, say wait, I follow. Are Matchmaker. they putting it on their profiles? Yes, I have at least thirty that's screenshots amazing. in my phone of people who put. Um, who put like I follow Matchmaker Maria on Instagram? Uh, you need you need to as well if you want to go out. And I'm like, That's great. I have amazing. so many men. So many men have DM'd me saying I found you through this girl's in, uh, dating profile, and I'm like, great, welcome. Get ready to learn about the 12 day rule. Wait, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. amazing. I'm not surprised to hear that because your your Instagram has really did it. It was it's been big for a while, but did it really explode over COVID? Is that what happened? Yeah. I feel like it was pretty big since 2018. Big for that time, you know? Yeah. Because remember, like, having, like, 5,000 people follow you back in 2018, that was like, oh, you're a big deal. Oh, yeah. But then it just went bananas during COVID. And that's because I just kept I just kept doing what I was doing in 2018, which was every Wednesday. I've been doing Ask a Matchmaker since August of 2018. Have you really? Yeah. Wow. August 2018. And, um... And I have answered 5,000 questions. <laughs> That's amazing. So it was crazy. Anyway, enough about me. Melissa, um, I'm so excited for you at Tinder. I cannot wait to see what Tinder unrolls for the rest of this year. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow more in your uh, in your career? Follow me on Instagram. Uh, I used to say Twitter, but uh, I don't anymore. Um, Are you on Twitter? Twitter? Um, I haven't deleted my account, but I, I basically stopped posting. Yeah. Same. Um, same. Yeah, I, I haven't right? deleted it, but I'm, it's like, yeah. I've been on Twitter since like 2007. Yeah. Right. Like that's, I don't know. It feels like an appendage. I know. Right. Um, um but, but Instagram, Melissa Hobley, uh, H O B L E Y. I'm on Instagram. I'll also um, tag you in the show notes. So if you want to follow Melissa, you can check her out there. Uh, Melissa, thank you again for coming to ask a matchmaker. Uh, Maria, thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to see you. And this was so fun. And I'm going to go have one of those cocktails you mentioned. Well, it wasn't a cocktail. It's like, it was a drink. Just go to like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. Go have they one. also sell it at a lot of uh, Mexican restaurants too. I'm going to go to your movie theater since, since you can drink alcohol there. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Melissa. And thank you for listening to this week's Ask a Matchmaker. I'm so excited for you this year. If you are single. I want you to do the following three things. Number one, I want you to call your best friend and go for a walk and make them take photos of you as you're out on your walk. Use one of those photos on your profile if you are online dating. Number two, I want you to consider scheduling a dating strategy call with a member of my team. There's going to be a link in the show notes to do that. Scheduling a dating strategy call, let's figure out what we're gonna do different in 2023 together. And number three, if you are on dating apps, perhaps consider downloading a new one. doesn't have to be Tinder. It could be any app. And start fresh. And I'll add in one more thing. If you're, even, if you're, even if you are in a relationship, last year I had a goal planner that I had posted in the show notes. 
over a thousand of you downloaded it. If you would love to download it this year, I have it back in the show notes for you to access it and you can go from there. Happy goal planning. Happy new year. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.